morning. I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. I'm your minister for congregational care here at Naples United Church of Christ. And I am thrilled that you are here with us, whether you're the 9 o'clock crew or the 11 o'clock crew. We all compromised this morning. So thank you so much for being here, maybe a little bit late or a little bit early. I want to welcome everyone who's joining us remotely. We are thrilled to have you wherever you are this morning. It might not even be morning where you are, but we're so glad you're here And I want to extend a special welcome to Arbor Trace and Bentley Village, our two communities who are gathered together to worship with us. Before I go any further, I want to offer recognition and thanks and gratitude and welcome to Lloyd Bettis. He is our lay liturgist this morning and will be assisting with worship. I have a team of lay folks who are going to help with worship throughout the summer months. And you know, it's like, When you're in school and the teacher says, like, who wants to go first and no one raises their hands? (laughs) Lloyd was our courageous and fearless volunteer who offered to go first. So we're really glad to have you assisting. (laughs) Please take a moment to register your attendance with us. So if you're here in the sanctuary, grab those blue attendance pads. They should be at the end of your pews. Please fill them out with your contact information. Let us know if anything has changed. And if you're worshiping online, you can write your name in the comment section. Tell us where you are. And while you're there, you can pull up a PDF, which will bring up um, a PDF of our bulletin so that you can follow along with the service order if you would like to. So I have a few announcements to bring to your attention. Um, The first is that this is very exciting. The Stephen ministers are starting a home communion ministry. So presumably this wouldn't apply to most of you because you're here and probably able to come to worship on the first Sunday of the month when we have communion. But if you know somebody who's homebound and maybe isn't able to come who would like to receive communion at home, or if you're watching online and you're not able to come to church and you're in the Naples area and you want to receive home communion, there's two ways that you can get in touch with us. You can contact Molly Baker. She's our Stephen minister who's organizing this ministry, so you can reach out to her directly. Her contact information is in the bulletin, or you can call the church office and we'll get your name on the list. And the deadline to sign up for receiving communion on the first Sunday of June is next Wednesday, May 31st. So you've got a little time, but just put this in the back of your heads if that's something that, that you would want to take advantage of. Um, the second thing is that Pentecost, we are celebrating Pentecost Sunday next week. So next week's a busy week. Of course, it's Memorial Day weekend and Pentecost. And that's the celebration of the birth of the church and the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And we wear red to symbolize the Holy Spirit. So wear red next Sunday. If you're in person, I want a whole congregation of folks in red. And if you're online, wherever you are, join red just so you can be present with us. So that's next Sunday. And then last but certainly not least, um, we are having a group of travelers go to Guatemala this November And Ken and Lois Werner have asked us to collect two things in advance of that trip. They need prescription pill bottles. You know those little orange pill bottles? They need empty ones that they use in their pharmacy in Guatemala. So if you have those, please, as you empty them, take the labels off. I can't emphasize this enough. We do not want your bottles with the labels on them. That's violating personal confidentiality. We don't want to know what pills you take. But bring us the plain bottle with no label on it and please put it in a container in the narthex 
And also, they need cotton fabric. Their sewing school um, really needs cotton fabric so they can teach the women in Guatemala how to sew. The only specification is that really needs to be 100% cotton, no mixed fibers here. So if you've got extra cotton fabric that you're willing to donate, please put that in the bin in the narthex. And that, those collections will be going on throughout the summer. But just keep that in mind. And I think that's all I have this morning, so let us prepare our hearts and minds as we worship God. This house of worship is a place to pursue God's vision for all people. We are here in unity and joy and faith expressed through different gifts. So let us worship together. I invite you to turn to your bulletin and join me in our prayer of invocation. God in heaven, we commit our time together today to you. Come and reveal your will in every aspect of our life and ministry. And as we worship today, we ask that your will too be done. Show us your purposes Enlighten us as we may know how you want us to accomplish our task. We desire your glory and blessing in all we do. Direct our thoughts, words, decisions, and actions toward the right path and help us stay on track. Amen. I invite you to be in the spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. O God of love, we are wayfarers in the world prone to erratic changes of course, to losing sight of our goals, to becoming so discouraged by the journey that we will hitch a ride on anything that comes along. Help us on our way, O God. If we change our course, let it be not in self-interest, but in order to share the love of Christ with another sojourner. If we lose sight of our goals, let our quest bring us as your curious people to honest searching of our faith. If we become weary and discouraged and forget you are with us, let it lead to recognition of our need for you. As we travel in a world that sometimes seems a trackless, hostile wilderness, we ask that your spirit sustain, encourage, and enable us to go on. We continue our prayer in Christ's name as we offer the prayer he taught us, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the seventh Sunday of Easter, we celebrate Christ's ascension. Where are we told this occurred? Well, in 2011, 
Catherine and, I, Catherine and I run a dual narrative trip to Israel and the West Bank with an organization called Hands of Peace. While there, we followed Christ's journey to the Mount of Olives in the village of Bethany and stood inside a modest 12 by 12 structure that symbolized the location where Christ ascended into heaven after his resurrection, where he was exalted as Lord and sat at the right hand of God. Today's scripture reading tells this story. It is from the book of Acts, chapter 1. You're welcome to follow as the words are printed in your bulletin. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over the course of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and they were gazing towards the heaven. Suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has, come, has, who has been taken up from you into the heaven, will come into the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Here ends the reading. So this story of Jesus' ascension is a very well-known story in the Christian canon. You may be familiar with it. Churches all around the world are telling this story today because the text says that Jesus ascended into heaven about 40 days after his resurrection. And today is about 40 days after Easter. And that he was leaving us and going up to heaven but not abandoning us. That we would receive the Comforter or the Holy Spirit And that is what we celebrate on Pentecost, the receiving of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, Penta being 50, 50 days after Easter. So that's why we celebrate that next Sunday, but today we're focused on Jesus' ascension. So I know the traditional interpretation is that this was Jesus' final goodbye to his disciples, but I heard a different story about what might have happened, and I'm going to share it with you. So after Jesus was resurrected... He appeared to his disciples many times. And this happened when there was a group of his followers who were gathered together who were talking about him. When they were reflecting on his life and his ministry, he would appear among them. And this appearance is no different except for the fact that it's a huge group of people that has gathered Jesus' followers and they're talking about everything they learned from him and his ministry 
And he appears among them and he starts teaching again. And he reminds them of all the things he taught him. You know, love your neighbor, turn the other cheek, all these kinds of things. And while he's talking, a voice from heaven booms down and says, ascend. And so Jesus says, okay. And he puts out his arms and slowly starts to lift off the ground. Well, his disciple Mary, she's no slouch and she sees what's happening. And so she gets a running start and she runs up to Jesus and she grabs onto one of his ankles and she starts going up with him. And then his disciple John, well, he doesn't want to be left behind. And so he comes from the other direction and he gets a running start and he grabs onto Jesus's other ankle. And so now you've got these three people dangling in the air and Jesus looks down at them and looks up at God and says, what do I do? And God booms down and says, ascend. And so they all keep going up. Well, then more disciples, they don't want to be left behind. And so one by one, they start running and jumping and grabbing onto the ankles of the people above them. And more people come from the countryside And soon, there's this huge pyramid in the air. Jesus is at the top, and all these people are levitating with him. And Jesus says again, God, what do I do? And God says, keep ascending. So up they go. Well, there's a little girl all the way at the bottom. And she yells up to Jesus, wait, I want to bring my dog. (laughs) And Jesus looks down at her and says, you better hurry. I don't know how this works. (laughs) And so she's a quick thinker and she has an idea. And with one hand, she grabs onto someone's ankle. And with her other hand, she grabs onto a tree branch. And she's thinking, I can stop this for just long enough to go get my dog. Well, the roots of the tree start being pulled up. And everyone thinks, "Uh uh-oh, the tree is coming with us. But what happens is that the roots of the tree branch dig into the earth and all of the land and all the earth starts rising. But then the waters, they see what's happening. The rivers and the streams and the lakes and the seas and the oceans, and they don't want to be left behind. And so they take their waves and they grab on to the edge of the land and slowly the whole world is drawn closer to God. Now, I don't know if that's exactly how it happened, but I know that that story is true. And I have to give credit to my dear friend, Reverend Lori Walkie, who first told me that story several years ago. So I want to tell you about my grandpa, Frank. You might have heard about him before. I tend to talk about him a lot. I wrote a Going the Distance about him. His name was Francis Xavier Pirazzini, a very Italian man. And my older son, Soren, his middle name is Francis, in honor of my grandpa, Frank. And he passed away in 2007. Now, I'm showing my age here, but he died the day before my 20th birthday in 2007. So it was a little while ago, but he and I were very close. And I know he's always with me, but there are times when I feel grandpa Frank's presence more strongly. Like when we're driving down the highway and we pass the exit to Sun City Center, I know he is right there because that's where they lived for most of my childhood. And I can remember like it was yesterday the many times we got off the highway at that exit to go to Grandma and Grandpa's house. Or when we go to the beaches of Sanibel Island, 
I can feel him with me. My grandpa Frank loved Sanibel so much. And throughout my childhood, we spent many winters on vacation there with my extended family. Or when I see someone smoking a cigar, it brings Grandpa Frank right back. He loved his cigars and a glass of Chianti. He was a very fun guy. So there are moments in which I just feel him with me. I can feel his presence when I go somewhere or see something that reminds me of him. And you might have someone in your life who you love deeply, who passed away, and you know they're always with you, but there might be times when you feel them more closely because you've encountered something that reminds you of them. I'll tell one more story. And this is my grandma, Betty. This is on my dad's side. She died more recently. And after she passed away, my dad reached out to my cousins and my brothers and myself. And he said, if you want anything from grandma Betty's house, you know, you're welcome to take it. It's yours. Well, I wanted my grandma's multicolored set of Pyrex mixing bowls. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I got the Pyrex mixing bowls. They are sitting in the cabinet in my kitchen, and I use them all the time. Now, I think about my grandmother regularly, and again, I know her presence is always with me. But when I grab one of those bowls off the shelf, I think about the hundreds of times they were used to lovingly prepare food that was going to nourish her family. All the times they sat on the dinner table with people of previous generations in my family and they, all the hands that touched them as that serving bowl went around. I think about all the times they had cake batter in them and were used to bake a cake for a special occasion. Again, there are things that remind us of our loved ones and they make us feel like they are with us. And when I use one of her bowls, it's like Grandma Betty is right there in the kitchen with me. Now, the story we heard about Jesus' ascension is based on this very traditional three-tiered understanding of the universe. Heaven, earth, and hell, right? Earth is here. Heaven is up above. But what if it's not quite like that? What if heaven is another realm layered right on top of our reality that we just can't see? What if heaven is around and among and within us? What if all of our ancestors, those people we love to have passed away, are still with us and among us? I have heard so many people say that they can feel the visceral presence of their loved one with them. It's like they're in the room with them or they have their hands on their shoulders. After someone has died, people have told me there have just been too many coincidences in my life for this to all be random chance. And they are convinced that their loved one is still among them. And maybe that's because heaven and earth are enmeshed. I think that Jesus' ascension is the blurring of the boundary between heaven and earth. It permeates that space. They're not separate and divided and apart, but that heaven and earth are one. And Jesus ascending into heaven is him telling us that I am now among you and within you and around you. I'm not leaving you for good. I'm here always and everywhere. In another version of the Ascension story comes from the Gospel of Luke. And in that story, we're told that the disciples, after Jesus ascended, went back to Jerusalem with great joy. Well, if you had just said your final goodbye 
to your best friend, to your rabbi, to your mentor, to your teacher, and you knew you were never going to encounter this person ever again who had this huge impact on your life, why would you be filled with great joy? Presumably, you'd be bereft and devastated and grieving. But maybe they were filled with joy because they knew that he hadn't departed from them, that he was now always with them on the side of the dusty road, on the side of the seashore, in their homes, in the temple, on the mountaintop, in the wilderness. Jesus was now there, ever living, always among and around and within them. Jesus brought the whole world closer to God through his ascension by becoming omnipresent and present everywhere, all around and among and within us. Just like sometimes we feel the presence of our loved ones more strongly, sometimes we feel the presence of Jesus more strongly than others. And in the story I told a few minutes ago, what connected the people to Jesus? It was other people. We have the privilege and the responsibility of reminding one another that Jesus lives, that he isn't gone, that he isn't dead. He's not away and apart and separate from us, that he is around and among and within us. And through our actions and our words and the way we choose to live in community and build community, we can be the constant reminders to one another that Christ is present, that Christ is among us. Just like there's certain places or objects or events which might draw you right back to your loved one who's passed away, we can be that constant reminder to one another that Jesus is around us and within us. And that can draw us into deeper relationship with him. And maybe if we do that, together we can do the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. May we be living reminders to one another of Christ's presence among us through our words and our actions and the way we live in community together. And may each of you know that you are a beloved child of God. You are created in God's image. And I pray that you go in peace. Amen.